Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Terry Talks Fiction. Today we have an interview with writer Shay Siegel, author of the book Fractured, which is a really in-depth look at some challenging themes, uh, some really interesting characters, and American football. Shay, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, get into talking about a bit about the book and a bit about how you developed some elements in it, specifically those those character elements, which I found was really exciting and really engaging. But would you like just to take a bit of time here to sort of introduce yourself, uh, introduce the book, anything you want to say about your writing journey along the way would be uh, would be really great, Shay. Yeah, so I'll start by saying a little bit about my background in terms of writing, um, which is sort of an interesting story. I actually grew up selective mute, which is an extreme social anxiety disorder where in certain social situations, I'd become mute and completely freeze and not be able to speak at all. So often when I couldn't speak, I was able to write notes to either my teachers or those I wasn't as comfortable with. So when speaking wasn't a possibility, writing still was. And um, it was kind of my lifeline because of that. And I was able to have a voice without having a literal one at those times and able to express myself. And I never really understood how important writing was to me for this reason until later in life, because even when I'm able to speak in most situations now, I still never feel comfortable doing so. Um, But I can always write stories and be free with my emotions through writing when I can't at all through speaking. I never thought about pursuing fiction and poetry that I used to write when I was younger in any real way later in life. I went to Tulane University in New Orleans, and I had no idea what I wanted to study when I entered college. I actually spent most of my youth dedicating my time to competitive tennis. I even lived at a tennis academy for my senior year of high school and was then recruited for the tennis team in college. So that took the majority of my focus, and I didn't give much thought to what else I would do after college. But writing in English were really the only other things I was good at. And I had to declare my major at the end of my junior year of college. So um, I decided to major in English because there was no writing program specifically. But I did get to take one creative writing class as part of the English program. And I loved it and just wanted to keep exploring creative writing and doing more of it. So After college, I was accepted into the MFA program for writing at Sarah Lawrence in New York. And from there, I've been focused on writing ever since, basically. Wow, that's really fantastic. Um, In in that case, thank you doubly for uh, appearing on the show today. My uh, my wife is a speech pathologist uh, herself, actually, and she has a child she's seeing at the moment with selective mutism. Uh, as well, it's also really interesting to um, to hear you talk about tennis and and the sportsmanship of that and how that's uh, been a big part of your life because sports and sportsmanship and what it takes to be performing at a sort of an elite level is a really big part of your book as well. 
Yeah, it is. And I kind of took some of those experiences from my own life with tennis, just kind of switching gears to football for my characters. Wonderful. We might have to get you to talk a little bit about football in a minute because sort of sitting here from Australia, the American football infrastructure is a very strange and and opaque kind of uh, thing. We we don't really we don't follow it, and we don't. I don't think it's even aired on any of the TV stations down here at all. Maybe one of the pay TV channels, but it'd be really interesting to hear sort of uh, yeah what 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 a bit what that's about. But would you mind maybe telling us a little bit about Fractured then? And we've sort of alluded to some of the points that are in it uh, already. This is your this is your debut novel, uh, as I understand. Uh, yes, this is my first novel. So yeah, a bit about the book. Fractured is a young adult coming of age story, and it covers many issues that teens face today, like topics of mental health, toxic masculinity, rape culture, and peer pressure. And the story follows Mason Vance. He's a popular star football player. And he's basically the poster boy for toxic masculinity. Um, He hopes to play college football and then land in the NFL one day. But when he injures himself during a game in the opening of the story, everything that he sort of thought was a certainty is then thrown off course. So he's set on a path that leads him to meet Lace. And she's a girl with many mental health struggles. And Mason begins to introspect and question a lot of his past behavior and what he finds important once he starts spending more time with Lace. And so their relationship builds as Mason works toward healing, but everything kind of falls apart after a particularly devastating night where the trust he built with Lace and his changing perspective is basically destroyed. And Mason comes to the realization that he couldn't escape the person he had always been as easily as he thought he could. And he has to face himself in an uncomfortable way. So then from there, he's on a different path yet again in terms of healing, which kind of highlights the natural course of change and how it never happens all at once. And it might not initially be what we think it is. That was a really devastating scene too in the book, not to give too much away, but it's really, it's very powerful, uh, especially how invested you are in the characters by that point as a reader, just seeing everything, all that trust that was built just fall apart. And I think you've done a really good job of making it very clear how the characters have progressed to that point and then how they progress further towards the end of the novel. As we said a little bit in the pre-show, Terry Talks Fiction tends to focus a little more on the science fiction and fantasy side of uh, writing genres, and this isn't that. It's a a very uh, modern fiction, character-based exploration of those those themes uh, that you were talking about. When you started writing this book, was... We did you set out to write a book about those themes specifically, or was it something that sort of grew from the characters as you wrote them and got to know them, and then sort of came to the point where you were realizing, well, you know, if the characters were going to act in this particular way, there's got to be some sort of moment here in the narrative, and then spun out. Like basically, I guess what I'm asking um, was when you were writing, sitting down to write this book, were you thinking sort of themes 
first or characters first? Yeah, so I actually would definitely say that I more so always start with a concept and the characters come after that, but I still have an idea about who they'll be. And with Fractured, uh, the main character, Mason's voice, came to me really clearly before I started writing him. But the concept still comes first for me. Even though his voice came to me clearly, um, I had the concept of the story before I could really picture him or anyone else. And it was more the concept of his character that was first rather than his actual voice. I can't really remember a time that a character or a character's voice drove me to start and write a whole story or book. And it's the idea for the story in general has always been the driving force. And uh, that's kind of interesting because I actually do tend to write character driven stories as opposed to plot driven because my stories are more about internal growth than what happens to the characters externally. But I guess it's uh, that message or issue that I want to tackle that usually comes to me first and I have to build around it in my mind before I start writing. Did you always know that it was going to be focused around, to to explore this theme, focused around a a football player? Or were early drafts maybe something different, like a, like a tennis player, for instance? Uh, no, he was always a football player. That was the idea before I even started writing the book. There are some some messages within that as well, especially with his position as quarterback and how American football is a very masculine sport and kind of gets all the glory. So I felt he he was definitely a football player. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Now, I have to admit, my entire knowledge of American football only comes from uh, books and TV and movies. Um, Did you, do you have a background in American football as well? Or could you explain a little bit about how it works? Because it, it seems it's a very interesting thing from an outsider's perspective to see these these very young people because they're only, you know, Mace is only 16 uh, in, in the book. But talking about sort of professional sporting careers and, you know, stadiums full of thousands of people, it's just not really... I mean, the closest thing we've got here in Victoria is sort of AFL, and there's definitely layers of uh, of professionality in that. But you know, up until even in the 1990s, professional AFL players still had uh, uh, still had day jobs. Yeah, you know, because the, it wasn't it wasn't this big commercial culture of the state like the NFL. It seems to be a much different a much different beast. College football with these young kids seems to be a really big deal. Is that part of your orbit of influence? Are you a a football fan? So, I mean, I know the basic premise of football, but I have a very rudimentary understanding and I actually don't know that much about it. Like, I don't mind watching football in the fall. It's, It's pretty impossible to escape in America on Sundays in the fall. I had to do a lot of research for the book. I mean, as I said, I played competitive tennis. I have the experience with what it means uh, to be a dedicated athlete and part of a team and the whole sports culture and how much pressure comes along with it. Like 
I wouldn't say that's necessarily specific just to football. There's certainly a lot of pressure with all college sports um, here in America anyway. It's your typical masculine sport. So I, I felt it was important that Mason was a football player. And there's some messages with him being the quarterback and team leader where his teammates and peers are following his lead. And he doesn't realize how much power and responsibility comes along with that until he faces his past behavior and how he let not only himself down, but everyone who needed him to be someone they could look up to also. But I am not uh, terribly familiar with any sport other than tennis. I mostly filled in the gaps uh, later on when I was writing scenes or creating analogies that had to do with football by either Googling or asking my boyfriend, who's the real football expert. <laughs> that thread that you say about the sort of the professionalism of sportsmanship in general, it, it is really felt uh, and it's very sort of real tangible thing as part of Mace's personality that the dedication and the the effort and the just the focus that it takes to excel at sports at that level so it's really um that came across really well and it's, it's no surprise to hear that that you have personal experience in that field uh itself in tennis if not if not in American football it's really interesting to hear talker too about the idea of the quarterback as the leader of the team as we sort of get into that discussion of character, Mace is very much the head of his entire peer group. And I think he did a really interesting job of exploring how that trickles down, how that personality and the outlook towards certain things, particularly as explored in this novel towards towards girls and sex and drinking and all of that that sort of party dude bro culture uh how that trickles down to the rest of the team and other people like his younger brother who's only four 13 14 at the time of the book Mm -hmm, 14 yeah is that something that when you were developing the novel that you and this is sort of almost getting into um <laughs> almost getting into peeling back too far but something you had a personal experience with to draw upon as well because the characters themselves are very well rounded and very very real but also very raw in, in a lot of those regards like we haven't talked much about lace uh so far but she's the other half of this major scene this turning point of the novel um for mace who is the protagonist so clearly the focus uh, of the book the book deals a lot with with stress and mental health and anxiety as much as it deals with sort of the sporting elements that we've talked about and not only with lace but yeah mace has a lot of anxiety would you like to talk a little bit about how the novel was informed from that perspective Showing flaws is really important to me and showing what can go on very deeply in our minds and so all the dark spaces. And uh, specifically, you're speaking about Lace. She was, um, pre- she was both easy and extremely difficult to develop at the same time um, because there's a lot of me in her but were different enough to where I had to determine what she would do differently than I would in certain scenarios and how that shaped her character as a whole. And it was 
it was helpful that she wasn't fully me because I feel like not only would that be a little bit boring, but I really need a bit of fictional distance to have the freedom to explore my characters that aren't real people right from my life. I enjoy the process of figuring them out without them being real while feeling like they are, but um, just taking bits of real life experiences here and there for the characters as it suits them. So there's always an extreme emotional truth that I try to get across with my characters. Part of this book I'm really excited to talk about relates directly, I guess, to that. You seem like a really nice, level-headed person. How on earth did you manage to cope with writing Mace, who is for, to put it very kindly, a bit of a dick? (laughs) Um, Yes. Well, unfortunately, I have known too many people like him in my life, and I just, I couldn't shake the idea that it would be really interesting while also uncomfortable to try and get inside the head of this sort of villain, which I guess he essentially is. He's basically an anti-hero, but not necessarily what you would expect when you think of one because he's too real and we're among people like him every day. We just don't get this deep look into their minds. And I think that's what's most uncomfortable about Mason. Yeah, with making him understandable and engaging, that was pretty difficult because I realize now that no matter how much I might have tried to make him more appealing, that there are certain readers who will still never like him and won't enjoy the book due to his unlikability. But basically, I think we're all human and all capable of a lot of different emotions and behaviors. So I think on some level, we can connect with any person to an extent, even if we don't necessarily want to recognize that we can with some people, and even if we can't relate to their actions. So With Mason, I didn't want to give him some tragic backstory that gave him a reason to be the way he is, which I've seen done so many times before with other stories where there'll be a guy who's a jerk, but really he's misunderstood because of something that happened in his past or the way his parents were or something like that. And I still like stories like that. I think they definitely serve a purpose in their own right, but... I think maybe by not doing that, I probably made it even more challenging to like or relate to Mason. But a big part of the message of the book is how this is a deep problem in society and it's society and culture and peer pressure that influence a lot of people without there needing to be a greater reason for the behavior. I did my best with little bits of his tender side, uh, especially the close relationship he has with his brother. I think that added to his likability quite a bit or, you know, as likable as someone like him could be. And uh, he has a supportive and understanding relationship with his mom. And he has his one friend who he can be himself around a little bit more without fear of ridicule. But... I guess mainly through Lace, Mason's relationship with her, he was able to realize that he has this capacity to care that he didn't know he actually desired. And that was a really important part of his character growth. 
Yeah, it was definitely really interesting to see you you pulled no punches at all in making it clear that this was very much Mason. This was him. It was his personality. It was the choices that he'd made. And that point in the novel where he is forced to turn around and look at himself and recognize that must feel really cathartic, I guess, because it's one of those things you often wish that that the people in your life that you know are a bit like this, you often wish that they would have that introspection, that introspective moment. Did that part of the story feel good to write or was that still also really a challenge in order to get, correct isn't the right word, but in order to get uh, to portray the message that you wanted it to? Yeah, I mean, I think that I had a level of hope when I finished about people like this. And even though it's, really not realistic for I guess a lot of them to change in this way I just um I had hope of being part of the message that could maybe eventually enact some sort of change especially if younger boys are exposed uh, to these types of stories and experiences it was definitely something that makes you sort of stop and think even as a reader uh, and reassess you know, reassess your own self as, as you're going through, which was a powerful part of the writing. One of the things I really enjoyed, and I won't spoil the, the book here because I definitely think that listeners should go out and get a copy of this book and read it. It is, it's a really great character exploration of, of these issues and uh, presented in a really engaging way. But the ending of the book and how the relationship between Mason and Lace, the, the, this romantic sort of pairing, for most of the novel, how that relationship develops doesn't end exactly as as many people may expect, or as I guess the traditional Hollywood formula would dictate. The place that they came to in the end was that an important part of their journey as characters uh, for you as the writer, or was that something that sort of developed more out of their own characters and how would those characters react to this situation? Were they real? The ending is very important to me. It's actually my favorite part of the book, and that seems to be the general consensus among readers also. It was part of the book that never changed from when I first wrote it, and I wasn't open to changing it at all because it just felt so right when I wrote it. And like you said, it's not the ending that people might expect. It kind of does touch on... Uh, some of the key messages of the story, which is really about Mason's self-discovery and growth. And it's about that much more than it is about the romance. Both of these characters need to heal in different ways and grow on their own and learn to depend on themselves in a, in a way that they can't really together. And I don't want to give away <laughs> the ending, but I guess I'd say they really aren't capable of a healthy relationship at this point in their lives and they help each other learn important lessons so at its core this story is really about identity and the love story helped inform these identities just as all sorts of people that pass through our lives do but it was never about um, Mason and Lace having uh, an epic romance or anything like that. That's not an accurate message of what the book is about at its core. And I think, as you sort of stated earlier, there is a sense of, of even in the darkness of this book, and it does get pretty dark in places, there is this 
sense of optimism uh, about it and a sense of optimism at the end. Yeah, that was important too. Um, (laughs) I used to write like when I first started out writing, all my stories would be like really over the top and dramatic and just full of doom. And I've since kind of reined that in and I have a little bit more hope in my stories now. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us never get over that point and then we go on to be (laughs) dark fantasy writers. Yes. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to talk a bit about your book and your your characters today, Shay. It was it's really fascinating because as I was saying, it's it's got to be a really hard line to walk, specifically with Mace, making a character who is so abhorrent in so many aspects, making them relatable to the reader as they read through and someone that you can still connect with. I think you did a really good job of that and it's really it must be a really challenging thing to face as a writer knowing that you've got this scope and you've got this vision for the novel and where you want to take it and the themes you want to explore uh, and then knowing that you're saddled with making this guy the center of the story yeah I didn't really realize how um, controversial of a choice it was at the time. I kind of just assumed, well, everyone's going to get what I'm going for and the message that's coming across. But, you know, some people are very sensitive and there are trigger warnings and uh, people don't always like to read uncomfortable stories. Like any story that's issue driven, there's always going to be a whole lot of readers that just aren't interested in in kind of buckling down into those darker subjects. Do you mind if I ask when you when did you begin this novel's journey? Um, it's certainly it's certainly very timely. It does unfortunately touch on one of those topics that could be said it's very timely at uh, any point over the last well what two thousand years. But you know, certainly in Australia at the moment, in the over the last month, we've had we've had demonstrations, protest marches, uh, a parliament which is just under fire for its handling of of women and rape culture, even in the in the highest halls of power in our country. Uh, when did you sort of conceive this book, and and how long did it take to write? Because it seems like it's come at a really good time to be addressing those issues as well. Yeah, well, I'm glad you say that because I actually started it six years ago. (laughs) I wrote a first draft of it very quickly, and then I put it aside for a long time, and I picked it back up again and kind of just kept putting it aside. Um, I pursued traditional publishing for a little while, and nothing really came of that. So I just was kind of tired of going back and forth with it, wondering if it was actually finished or not. And, you know, changing little things here and there that didn't necessarily make a big difference in the whole scope of the story. So when I decided to publish it, it was basically, I just wanted to get it out in the world and be finished with it. Yeah. I think it has happened to be very timely for all these years now. And I know like a lot of people say we're making so much progress and maybe like we've made more progress since I started writing 
the book, but I think there'll be a lot more to come for a very long time. And there's a lot of toxic societal norms that will need to be dismantled for years to come. So, I mean, I think, unfortunately, I think it will be relevant for a good while. There are certainly a lot of Mason Vances from the start of this book uh, around us now. We can only hope that they'll turn into Mason Vances at the end of this book. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Well, thank you very much again, Shay. Um, Before we leave you for today, is there anything else you'd like to say about this novel or way that people can uh, sort of reach out to you, find your your work online uh, or websites or anything like that? Yes, my book is available on Amazon. The Kindle edition is in Kindle Unlimited and the paperback can be found at pretty much all major online retailers. But I have links to everything, my books and social media on my website, which is shaysiegel.com. Fantastic. And that's S-I-E-G-E-L. Yes. Nobody uh, has to right? But you got it. <laughs> <laughs> it helps that I can see it on the Zoom window here. So <laughs> I'm, I am cheating a bit. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much, Shay. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and get into the weeds about how your character development and narrative development worked. It was was a fascinating look into things and we even learned something about American football. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully with my limited understanding. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you very much again, Shay. Talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks so much for having me.